This episode of Tundra Talk is brought to you by Frontier Outfitters. You've heard us mention them on the podcast before, and if you're in Fairbanks or you're going to be coming through Fairbanks for a fishing, hunting, or camping trip, it's a great place to stop and get what you need. It's a locally owned Fairbanks business that I've been shopping at since I came up here, and really it's the type of sporting goods store you would hope to find in a place like Fairbanks. They've got a ton of hunting, fishing, trapping, and camping supplies, including backpacking meals and stoves, clothing, real rain gear, good footwear, including mountain hunting boots like Loa, rubber boots like Extra Tufts and Lacrosse, and they also have a great selection of guns, ammo, shooting and hand loading supplies, and even muzzle loading stuff. Now, they also carry a wide variety of fishing and dip netting equipment to tackle just about any fish Alaska has to offer. In Century Hardware downstairs, you'll be able to find a big selection of marine, snow machine, and ATV supplies like ramps, hitches, gun boots, um, good gas jugs, not the junk you find everywhere else, and all sorts of odds and ends for your boat or anything else you could need, and of course, whatever hardware you might find yourself in need of. In fact, it's one of those stores that you'll usually end up leaving with more than you planned on buying because they're really good at finding and stocking things that you just didn't realize you needed until you saw them. Frontier Outfitters is located in the Gavor Mall on 3rd and Old Steese in Fairbanks, as well as Century Hardware out in North Pole. It's a great store, so next time you're gearing up, get on down there and tell them you heard about it on Tundra Talk. This episode of Tundra Talk is also brought to you by Hedgecock Group Real Estate, a local brokerage that can cover your real estate needs in the Fairbanks area, whether it's residential, commercial, or just undeveloped property. The Hedgecocks have been active in the Fairbanks and North Pole real estate market since the early 80s and have put together a team that really reflects the diverse needs of homebuyers in interior Alaska. With a brokerage team made up of multi-generation Fairbanks locals, transplants, and military veterans, they really understand the unique aspects of living in the interior and what that means when it comes to shopping for a home in general, buying land to build a home, and they also understand the situations that many military members are in when needing to buy or sell a home in Fairbanks. This is really a unique place to live, and whether it's learning why some houses have water-holding tanks instead of wells, how much it'll cost to heat a given house, or just what recreational opportunities are close by, they're here to help you. More than simply acquiring or building a piece of property, they can help you find the right property in the right place and help you learn from their experience. The Hedgecock Group offices are on Noble Street in Fairbanks, and if you want to get in touch with them, visit www.fairbanksakhomes.com. That's how you do it. All right, welcome back to Tundra Talk, everybody. I'm Tyler Freel in uh, a fairly, for me, unexpected episode of Tundra Talk. I'm not not in my office. I'm sitting down in New Mexico, currently on a on an elk hunt, and uh, and pleasure to sit down and talk to Mr. Craig Morgan a little bit. A lot different than hunting elk in uh, Alaska, huh? It's a little, yeah, <laughs> a little bit different. The yeah, the, a lot of hard ground. I, I, I'm yeah. baffled by all the hard ground to walk on everywhere, but yeah. there's no oxygen. <laughs> yeah, we're so used to in Alaska having mushy and soft, and yeah, you know the muskag and the, all the all that stuff up here is completely different. You're jumping from rock to rock, and every now and then there's some mud or dirt in between. Yeah, and it's you know it's like man, I could I could walk up to that top of the hill no problem. Whereas yeah. you know up there certain times it's like well that would take me an entire day to cross this exactly. valley or whatever, but. uh 
it was funny last night. We, so we've been here in, here in camp for a few days and it was funny last night. Um, well, you're playing the guitar and singing and sang that song baptism. So I used to hate country music. I didn't, <laughs> didn't like it at all. And I, I think it was because, you know, the same radio station played the same songs every, over and over, you know, up there in Fairbanks. And this was about 20 years ago till I took, uh, I went dip, dip netting in Chitna for red, for salmon with an older guy, drove down there, caught a bunch of fish on the way back. The Richardson highway had washed out, um, a bunch of rain, you know, something washed the road out. So we had to turn around and go back across the Denali highway over to Cantwell oh, and gosh. up through Healy. So it was like a 12 hour drive. Oh yeah. And he had two CDs. It was that, <laughs> it was that Kenny Chesney CD yeah. and then the Toby Keith CD. At the oh time. wow. And it was like the cure was the, what I, that's all we listened to on repeat it took long, that long to... enough that I started listening to country music after that. And I really done. enjoy it. So that's just a random, that's awesome. <laughs> a random story. Sometimes but... it takes those kind of things to get you, get you on board, get you on the right track. Yeah. I get guess. you on the right know. track. We'll say, <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, no, it's, it's been a lot of fun getting to actually hang out and, and talk with you. And, and I'm really excited to have you here on the podcast. I didn't know that you were in Alaska as much as, as much as you are. Yeah, I know when we were when we were in as we were kind of introducing and talking and all the everybody all the introductions were going around and someone told me you know that you were from Alaska. I was like, oh, I definitely want to talk to him because, yeah. I you know I'm that uh, I am a uh, want to be Alaskan. You know. Yeah. Uh, I am an out. I'm an avid outdoorsman. I'm I'm an off grid kind of person, self sustained guy, mm-hmm. and that's what I love about the Alaskan people culture. Uh, they have a, a, a particular mindset that there's nothing that they can't do in order to make sure that they're going to be okay. Yeah. My wife makes fun of me. She says, you know, you, we, we go to Alaska. You went up there and you bought a place to get away from uh, everyone and to be able to have privacy and all of these things. And you spend your entire time trying to make your off-grid lifestyle as close to your on-grid lifestyle as you can. <laughs> and oh, I think man. it's the truth. Everybody up there does it. You know, and it's like you get a generator and you go, you know, I think I can do better if I have solar. So then you install a solar panel and you go, I think this would be better if I got more batteries, yeah. <laughs> if I got more panels, you know. And I think I'll go ahead and wire up the whole cabin, you know. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, it, what's, it's like, it, it, that's like on a different level of our moose camp, you know. Moose camp's about oh, like yeah. how, how cush can we, how like cush can we make it how easy can we make this up up there everything you do yeah like when i go fishing you know initially it was like just drill a hole in the ice and catch some fish yeah and now it's like you know i want to be let's see if we if we pop up this tent and insulate this and do this and oh let's take a little rug that we can put down on top of the ice to keep every you know it's just just it's a never-ending trying to make it as uh as plush as we can. Oh yeah. Well, and there's some pretty ingenious stuff that comes out too. Like guys, I did an article recently on guys like moose buggies and different vehicles. People like some guys make these trucks and monster oh, it's, rigs just from scratch. Almost. Oh yeah, man. Like I'm a I'm a uh, I'm a, I'm a uh, Facebook market junkie. Yeah, <laughs> and mainly because. Uh, you know, to, to get anything up to Alaska, as you know, and as every Alaskan knows, it, it can be difficult. Yeah. And so, and it's even that much more difficult to get it out to where I'm at. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we're about nine miles from the closest uh, gravel road, and it's an unimproved road that's yeah. not kept up by the by the borough. So, um, so you know, it's 
it's difficult to get anything there. So if I, I go on Facebook market, if I say, oh, I need a recliner. And I try to find one as close to me as I can find it. Yeah. And then I'll I'll go ahead and buy it and and then we'll pick it up and drag it in with the snow machine or or with the Argo or something, you know. Yeah. But I try to get it as close as I can up there. And a lot of we have li- literally bought a lot of stuff <laughs> up there on Facebook Market from vehicles to snow machines, everything. Someone's peeking in the door. That's, that's you have uh, you have former UFC champion Dan Henderson. That's my buddy. He's in camp with us <laughs> as well. Everyone listening should know that. Uh, he's the guy that uh, right right before he retired, uh, I thought I could train with him a little bit, and I was doing really well till he put me with some twenty two year old kid. Uh, and in fact, I was doing real well with this kid. I'm pretty sure I was winning. Uh, had him in a couple arm bars and. Had him pinned a couple of times. No, none of this is true. <laughs> none of this is true. I picked the kid up to throw him down, and he hooked my leg. And when he did, I tore every ligament, tendon, and everything in my shoulder completely oh, up. Man. Uh, yeah. And then I blamed Dan Henderson from that point forward. I tell everyone that Dan Henderson tore up my shoulder. <laughs> good it's a good, good story, story, he said. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. That. Uh, so how? tell me, what? how did you get? up started up there in the last like what made you what made you take that leap had you been hunting because so before I'll preface this with yeah i figured you were all right when you said i just like to play music and shoot shit so yeah <laughs> i uh the, my very first trip to alaska was with the military yeah so i went up in the army and i wasn't stationed up there i went up there as an evaluator for a unit that was coming uh down to train okay uh, so prior to deployment for this training exercise we had to go up and, and analyze and uh, and validate their pre-deployment operations. Yeah. Uh, so I went up there for that, and, and being up there, they're like, hey, you know, you got two days. You want to go fishing? I went fishing. I'm like, oh, my gosh, man. I'd ne- At that point, I'd never been salmon fishing in a place yeah. like that. Uh, and and so uh, that, was, that was the very first uh, thing for me. And then I got to where I would go back every so often. Uh, and then I started my music career uh, and it, about 20 years ago. And we would go up there and do the shows. I played the Alaska State Fair. I don't know, probably three or four times. Yeah, I've uh, heard. I've heard. I, you know, I remember hearing ads for your shows on the on the radio. Yeah, so you know, I yeah. did that, and then and then I would go back and play shows, and I just absolutely fell in love. So I, if I knew I was doing a show up there, I would try to schedule time either before or after to do some fishing, and then mm-hmm. I've gone up there, you know, and done a bunch of hunting over the years. Uh, and one day, I just decided. Uh, instead of coming up here and renting a place, I want my own place. Uh, and I had this list of things that, you know, I had to meet, you know, it had, couldn't be on a road. I didn't want to be mm-hmm. on a road system. Uh, I wanted to be on the water, whether it be a lake or, or a river. Uh, and I preferred a lake because I'd been always knew that the, the rivers kind of turned into highways during the, yeah during the, uh, during the winter months, you know, uh, kind of the mentality that mm-hmm. I was li- think, thinking under, um, and I wanted to have some type of structure on the land so that I'd have some place to stay while I was uh, building a cabin or having yeah. a cabin built and what have you. And and I'm not the kind of guy that would just go out in Alaska and sleep in a tent. You know, <laughs> I wasn't that brave, you know. Um, so there was all these things. And it, and I wasn't going to pay over this much money because I had hid this much money from my wife for all these years. <laughs> uh, so I was doing this without my wife knowing it. Uh, 
And I had two realtors. I had a, a radio program director who was a buddy at the time, or still a buddy, but he was a program director at the time. He was looking. He had a, a brother-in-law who was looking. Uh, one of my best friends in the world, a, a uh, pilot, uh, private pilot, but a pilot up there who uh, is a, a really good friend, Keith Matternack. Uh He was looking. And every time someone would send me something, like, and now mind you, I'm touring, driving around the road, yeah. and someone would send me a link, and I'd go on my computer, and I'd look at it, and, and I'd call Keith and go, hey, dude, uh, I'm going to send you a link, show you where this place is. When you get a chance, fly out, and let me know what you think. We did that for almost a year. Oh, wow. And we prob- he probably flew to about 18 places. There were a bunch of places that I would send him, and he would even call me and go, you don't want to be in that area. <laughs> uh, too hard to get to. Yeah. Uh, on and back and forth and back and forth and back and forth. Finally, this one place came up, and the guy literally called me and said, hey, this just popped up. Uh, I, I looked at it. <clears throat> I said, hey, can you go look at it? He said, yeah, I'm, I'm actually leaving today, uh, going up that way, so I'll, I'll stop in. So he stopped in, took a bunch of pictures, and before I got the pictures uh, via text, he called me and said, uh, I said, what did you think? He said, I'll tell you this, if you don't buy it, I'm going to. <laughs> he said, it, it is amazing. I said, well, all right. So I didn't, I, mind you, I haven't seen this. I just seen some pictures he took, and I'm going off my buddy's word. And I, uh, I called the guy, and I said, hey, I'm really interested in this, pro- this property that you just put up. He said, man, I just put that up this morning. I said, yeah. I said, I just seen it pop up. I'm interested, but I'm only willing to pay this much money. And he said, uh, he said all right, well, let me talk to my fiance. That's why I'm selling it because I bought it for me and a bunch of buddies. We'd go out there, and we would you know, snow machine out of there because mm-hmm. it's real close to a bunch of, some of the best snow machining in the area. Yeah. And, uh, and I said, all right, well, like. I don't know, maybe four or five hours later, he called me back and he said, Hey man, I'll take it the next day. I, I said, well, what, you know, title company you want to use? And he said, I used this one when I bought it. And I said, that works great. We used it. Uh, within 48 hours, I had <laughs> you the had money your- sent done and I owned the property and I hadn't seen it yet. Nice. That's, that's pretty cool. It was awesome. I went up the next month, uh, flew in, did the same thing that Keith had did. He flew me in and we walked around, looked at it and I took a few more pictures and then I got back on the plane and left and that was the winter. And then I went back the next, uh, late spring, early summer and, uh, started doing a little work, kind of fixed up that little cabin a little bit and, uh, did, did quite a few things and then brought my wife that following February. Uh, and she fell in love with the place. She's a person who doesn't like being cold, Yeah. Uh, but fell in love with it. And now every year we spend like towards the end of January to about the first week of March off and on. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. yeah I mean, I, I could imagine, I mean, just going to the cabin or spending time in these places for me. I mean, I live there and that's like a nice refuge. I can only imagine with like the pace of life that it's just awesome to be able to get out there and. I mean, I, we run 90 <laughs> miles an hour. I do, I still do like even now and I, I've, I used to do a lot more shows, but I've cut it back just because I just don't want to do so many shows um, that that I can't enjoy the other things that mm-hmm. we want to do. But but I still do about sixty shows a year. Yeah. Um. And and you know, TV, movies, uh, lots of stuff like that. So so I stay very busy. So it is nice to go up there, and I love it. Like I get up in the mornings, and I'm not thinking about. You know, there are days when I do get up and go, I feel like writing a song, you know, I'm yeah. going to do some writing and I can sit around the cabin peacefully and write. And, but most of the time it's like, I need to make sure I get enough firewood. I need yeah, to take doing chores. And- yeah. <laughs> you know, and I love that. I absolutely love it. Yeah, I do too. You know, it's kind of a, 
like you or we were just talking and and group earlier mentioned it, it's like you're always preparing for the next whatever season. the next season <laughs> yeah. is. Yeah, that's right. It, sometimes, I mean, this year especially, my year's been so busy and uh, just I I hate being unprepared and and I hate half ass and stuff. So it's you know it's, you're just always in some kind of preparation mode. But yeah, it's and but I don't know what I would do. If I didn't have that. <laughs> yeah, I'm the same way. And I think it's really good. And I think it's, you know, I think that's part of the problem with our society today. We become so reliant on everything else and everyone and other things that we've lost the ability. Uh, what, what, what happens in your mind when you have to think about doing things, I think it creates an energy. A, a, a uh, now they might. There's, I'm sure there's medical terms, you know, but the uh, the enzymes and the yeah. all of the things, the the electricity, the things that take place in your brain when you're thinking and when you're processing information. But because we don't have to do that, like like now, you know, most people, uh, I'm hungry. I'm gonna go to the grocery store. I'm gonna buy yeah. a bag of chips and I'm gonna buy pack of bologna or in a loaf of bread, whatever, you know, uh, in Alaska, you don't go, I'm going to buy this. You go, I want to eat tomorrow. Uh, and we don't have enough moose left over. So I'm going to have to fish, but in order for me to fish, I've got to get the snow machine ready in order for me to do that. I got to make sure I've got gas and then I've got to make sure I've got my fish and tackle. I got to make sure I'm going to stay warm, all yeah. of these things. And I just, I just think that's why the everyone for one stays young and healthy. Um, you know, it just, I, I think it's so important and, and a big problem with our society. We have quit thinking for ourselves and quit trying to be creative. That's yeah. another thing that Alaskans have uh, that a lot of, of people in, in, in society today don't. And that's a, a sense of creativity. You know, yeah. like, how, how am I going to make that door better? How am I going to make this, oh, yeah. this seat more comfortable? And you know? I think, you know, and I, I think that it's just, it's kind of a mentality that, even just as far, it's more than just hunting or, or whatever, but you, it seems like a lot of times, and especially historically, you know, you're having to deal with what you got and make it work. And, yeah. you know, like, you know, talking to, hearing stories like my grandpa and the things they did to go moose hunting with like four by four trucks and like the places they would get them just yeah. because that's all they had to work with. And they had to figure out something like there's a kind of ingenuity or the moose buggies or, yeah. or and even like you some construction. Earlier. There's some, there's some eccentrics for sure, but that's an but understatement. It, yeah. <laughs> I mean, there's all kinds of eccentricities in, in Alaska, man. I oh, met a yeah. guy up there, uh, a bunch of years back. Uh, we were actually filming it for my TV show, uh, Craig Morgan, all access outdoors on the outdoor channel. Yeah. I'd gone up to do a concert and part of the deal was they were going to take us fishing at some lodge up there. So we went fishing and uh, did some salmon fishing, and it was just amazing. And I, you know, salmon's one of my top five favorite meats in the world. Yeah. So I love the fish. So, anyway, it's kind of a no brainer. We're going to go. Well, then while we were there at the uh, at the lodge, they're like, hey, there's a fellow that lives up here y'all might want to meet. He was supposed to come over last night. He couldn't, but if y'all want to go see him, we will. And it was Willie of the North. Oh, I haven't heard of this guy. <laughs> Golly, dude. We filmed this guy, and it was one of the most unique experiences in alaska that i have ever had uh <laughs> we boated up to this basically he was on an island he lived on this big island uh and we got there and he had this old truck like for one you know you, you know for me i'm going how'd they get the truck out here yeah. 
And then, how does he keep it running? <laughs> He's got to take gas and everything. But he was so excited to have to be able to use his truck to pick us up. Yeah. And drive the quarter mile. <laughs> it was only a quarter of a mile. But to drive the quarter mile up to his house. And then show us his house and his some of his highs that he had trapped. And, and it was really, really cool. And then, of course, he had some... Uh, some special medicines and yeah. things and <laughs> that some of the other artists were very interested in. Yeah. And, uh, I didn't, I didn't partake and didn't film that, <laughs> but it was just, it was really odd. And, and he told his story about how he came to be in Alaska and, and uh, just really unique. Actually it was a PBS documentary on the guy because his wife wound up uh, dead. And so they thought maybe he might've had something to do with it. You know, it was just, yeah. it was this whole unique, character yeah there. it's like you know, i've talked you know talked to people alaska and especially you get up towards fairbanks and some of the other places it's like the end of the road syndrome <laughs> like, oh yeah it, i got a buddy that i served with in the army he retired up there and and i ain't gonna say that uh, i won't say his name because i don't want people to know that chip is actually a nutbag <laughs> um but uh, <laughs> no he's a he's a super good dude. he's one of my one of my buddies we served in in the military and combat together and and i love him uh, but he'll tell you, you know, it's there is that end of the road and those long, dark nights, you know, yeah. during that winter. And it's worse up there even than where we are. At least yeah. where we're at, we get about – when we're there in February, we have about four hours of daylight. Yeah. And by daylight, I mean dusk. You know, yeah. Everybody yeah. knows what I'm talking about. Um, yeah. yeah. So, But, I, you know, like I said, I personally love it. Uh, my wife and I, we've been married for 33 years, and we spend more time together, more really uh, – and it's a good time because we're not together a lot. Just like right here, we're in New Mexico, yeah. you know, hunting elk. And I go home, and, and as soon as I get home, I change stuff out and hop on the bus and go do a couple shows. And, and then I'll come back and go to Illinois hunting. And then I'll be home for Thanksgiving. And then I go back to Texas for a hunt. It's just nonstop for yeah. me at this time of year. Well, it's good to hear that you're prioritizing the hunting, too. <laughs> well, that's important. You know, I'm a, yeah. I'm a, I'm a huge advocate for, convers- uh, for conservation. Yeah. Uh, I fight for that. And I want to my, – my objective as an outdoorsman is to do everything I can to educate uh, the ignorant and I don't mean stupid people, mm-hmm. uh, and and I and I choose that word ignorant because I think the the reality is people just do not have the education yeah. in true conservation and the importance of wildlife management, and that's what we as outdoorsmen, as hunters, that's what we truly practice yeah. by coming to a place where we're at here in, in, in New Mexico at the Quinlan Ranch. We're here hunting, uh, doing everything we can to ensure that we take a quality, mature bull and that would mean to tell somebody that knows nothing about that that bull does not have a whole lot of his life left and we would much rather those younger bulls with good genetics that are healthy breeding the cows and these older bulls that might not have the good genetics and i'm not just talking about in horns i'm talking about health and all those things we'd rather take those out and in doing that we're we're increasing the opportunity of the elk to thrive in this in this uh, geographical location one and two we're providing meat and the best meat that a human can eat this is grass fed organic true i mean the hippies love me <laughs> because they this is what they live for you know they oh i got to have the organic premium and this is what we do this is what we eat. Yeah. and it's a fact i tell people all the time that's why you know people like us who eat this kind of stuff are healthier uh we're happier um and, and we're providing that same quality food source for our family and our friends you know a lot of people you know said like this is my second boy and someone made the comment the other day you know, what are you going to do with all that meat? You can't eat all that. No, I can't. 
But my kids and my kids' families and my friends, after I feed my family, then I start feeding my friends. I start sharing it. Yeah. And if I get beyond that, there's a program called Hunters for the Hungry. Last year they fed 268,000 meals with meat that was donated from hunters. Yeah. So it's, a, it's amazing what we can accomplish. And yeah. So, again, my objective is to always educate people and, and help them to understand. I'm not, I don't care if people want to hunt or not. That's cool. Yeah. Uh, I, I, don't, I don't try to force people to think the way I think, and I don't want people to hunt if they don't want to hunt. Yeah. But, but I, they, it's very important that whether you hunt or not, that you understand the importance of wildlife management and wildlife conservation. And as outdoorsmen, we're the experts at that, not oh. the people who are trying to just keep yeah. animals alive. And also what we get from it, you know, like, I mean, I, like, I don't even have to know you that well to tell that it's like, it's a big part of your life. I mean, it's part of my, like, part of who I am. Like, I couldn't, I couldn't separate the two of my, like, my passion for hunting and and like I couldn't carve that out of my life and be a happy person. I don't think. I don't think you know? so. Yeah, it's, and, it, and it's, it's part it's, of us. It's the whole. It's you know. It's it's not any one thing. It's the whole. It's the whole picture. And you yeah, know, it's, stuff. It's, it's, hunting is not just killing. No, it's, it's a not, lot more. It's than not killing. just taking an animal. It's, it's it, in fact that's the if you if it were a percentage thing, I would say that's only about eight percent, ten percent max. Yeah. Uh, as we left this morning, I remember I, I, you know we were pulling out and I, I took my iPhone out. And I went, just stop, man. This is this is crazy. It, it was the most beautiful sunrise. And I took that mm -hmm. picture, and I thought, man, this is like the beginning of what our day is as an outdoorsman. Yeah. And this is what we celebrate. It's the opportunity to to meditate, to pray. I'm, I'm a believer. And so mm -hmm. I spend a lot of my early morning time as the sun's rising, and I'm seeing this glorious blessing of a day. You know, and when and when you think that way, it starts, I think it, for me, I think it helps start you off in the right direction. Yeah. And as I alluded to earlier, that's what's wrong with our society. We no longer, we, we don't do that. We don't think that way anymore. And we've taken away from that. And, and by doing all that, we're removing the ability and the, the identity of a man to have this positive uh, mental attitude, you know? Mm -hmm. uh, and, it, and when you have a positive mental attitude and you have that, when you sit there and you look at this beautiful sunrise, that's the start. And again, those electrons and stuff in your brain start firing and it from everything from, uh, you know, the, the what, are, what are the things they tell me that make you feel good? Endorphins. Endorphins, you know, these yeah. things start kicking in. Then your creativity increases and all of that stuff, your, your, your ability to retain information, everything thrives off of that. So when you wake up in the morning and shove a cup of coffee in your mouth and, and you're miserable because you're stepping out and, uh, you know, you're mad about something, you're, all those other things don't happen. And it just, it, you just, you're separating yourself from, I think, what God intend, wants us to be. Yeah. And, 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 and it takes away from our ability to focus on him. And I believe that's a big part of what we're supposed to be here for. Yeah. Um, I was going to ask you what, um, you said you, you've done quite, you've done quite a bit of hunting. You showed me the video from your Kodiak trip. Oh man. Yeah. Um, I've been to Kodiak a few times. A few times. What's your favorite thing to hunt up there? You think? Uh, man, I wish I could say moose, but I've never gotten yeah. Alaska moose. <laughs> I'm going to have to move up there. Uh, that's why I'm scared to get running water at the cabin because I'm afraid I will move up there. <laughs> <laughs> my friends down here say, do you have running water? And I say, yeah. And my wife says, we do not. And I said, yeah, we do. You run to the lake, fill up a bucket, yeah. and run back. Well, you know, uh, you could make, you could, you, from seeing pictures of your place, I bet you you could drive a sandpoint well out there and get, get I, you I a think pump. we could eventually, could. yeah. I don't know, man. I love, I, I do love big game. I yeah. enjoy big game. And I, I, I have come to 
really enjoy the blacktail on Kodiak. Um, I think it's neat, uh, and it's not a it's not a hunt that I couldn't take someone who's not done it a whole lot. Yeah, you know what I mean. Unlike yeah. a like a bear hunt, you know those can be a little more difficult. Yeah, uh, I've, I've I've hunted uh, black bear down uh, out off the Bay of Pillars area, hunted mm-hmm. down there, and, and you know, man, you can do some real trekking, uh, and you're in bear country. Uh, hunted grizzly. I've done, you know, I've done some of those things. Moose. I've been on like four moose hunts in Alaska and not harvested a moose. Yeah, we need to figure out what you're doing wrong. Uh, well, <laughs> I'm, you know, a lot of it's just, you know, it's just the way it yeah. plays out. Yep. You know, and and I, I don't, I'm not mad about it. Oh, yeah. that's what's great. I had such a great experience doing that 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 I will, I'll never forget it. Um, but but I think the I, what I love about Alaska is year around there is something you can do or hunt. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have, there's two, I only have, you know, if, if uh, somebody asked me the other day, is there anything that you haven't hunted that you want to? And I said, no, but there is some things that I've hunted that I haven't harvested yeah. that I want to, uh, a wolf and a moose in Alaska. That's it. Uh, those are the two things for me, uh, a Cape Buffalo. I am going back to, uh, either Namibia or Botswana in the next oh, couple man. of years to do Cape Buffalo. It's the only thing over there that I haven't after get, harvested. After getting, I got, I took one trip to South Africa, which I've talked about a lot on the podcast. People are probably sick of me yapping about it, but I got a taste of what that's like. That's, it, did that's you go to something. Africa? Yeah. I got, where'd I, you go? South, Africa? South Africa. Yeah. Well, if I, if you went to, if I sent you to, there's a, a country called Namibia. Oh yeah. On the if you went to Namibia, Namibia or Botswana, you'd yeah. never go back to South Africa again. Yeah. It's unbelievable the difference in the people. Man. Everything uh everything about that those two countries in particular in, especially in relation to South Africa is so much different. But you're right. It is it's something completely uh completely different and neat. It, the culture, all of those yeah. things are, are really really special. But you know, I, I just love the 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 idea that in Alaska, there's so many, there's so much different game. Yeah. All of which provides that food source. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and then there's fishing, you know, my gosh. And you can do everything from trout, uh, beautiful. Some of the biggest trout I've ever seen in my life. I've hunted up in the uh, Tick-Chick area uh, with the Tick-Chick Lodge. And, uh, and uh, man, I've, I've seen some of the largest rainbows I've ever seen in my yeah. life. That's something I've I've yet to do is get out into some of that good rainbow country because I mean we're just pretty uh-huh. much grailing around Fairbanks and I love catching those. But, but I man. do too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, like for me, I just love fishing, I, and I used to not. That's what Alaska did to me. It yeah. made me love fishing. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. I, I would probably say only because I, you know, I, and again, I want to hunt the goat down down there. Mountain goats. Yeah, I want to hunt mountain goats. But you know, mountain goat. And the bear, and what's the other one that you got to have a guide for? Sheep. Sheep, yeah. Yep. And and I'm, I am I like the sheep and all, but it's not something that I go, you know, really, it's like not dying to do. Yeah. Mountain goat, I'm dying to get that done. Uh, I'm dying to, even more so to get a moose in Alaska. I've got a moose hanging on my wall at my cabin in Alaska, but I didn't get it in Alaska. I got it in Canada. Oh, up in the <laughs> that's not too common. Yeah, yeah, so you know, I just want my it was Alaska a, that thing moose. was a it was a slob. Yeah. Oh, I mean, oh. it was a giant. It was a bitch, a pig of a moose. Yeah, that. I, yeah, I've come to really. I, I, over the years, I always I was so obsessed with sheep hunting that I burned up you know my time off work sheep hunting, and so I just try to kill a little bull around town to put in the freezer, and so I, I never was really much of a good moose hunter. And I'm still really not, but I'm, we're slowly figuring this out. And man, that moose hunt, like, 
moose camp and going moose hunting is so much fun, you know, and calling them and just yeah. sitting there and it, where, when it's so quiet that your ears start ringing. Yes. <laughs> I, you're right, though. That It is something really special, kind of like uh, when you're hunting elk in the yeah. rut. You know, there's just something really cool about communicating with the animals. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, so that's, that's – I, I don't know my favorite. I would probably have to say, you know – the deer the blacktail or moose or caribou i don't know man it, yeah just, no well it's, it's just, and that's the trouble with it it's like you can't you can't i think i, if, I think if i lived to, there all the time it would be easier for me to have a pick yeah but you know i'm not a permanent resident i'm, I'm i go up there four four or so times a year yeah uh, we go every you know i go in the summer and uh i've only there's only one time i've not really been there one month or time period and that's during the breakup yeah, I've not made the breakup. This year, I get to do that. I'll get to do oh, nice. the breakup. So, yeah, breakup. Well, and at least you're you're on a lake. Breakup can be pretty pretty eventful, depending on the river. I know this this spring we tried to run and set bear baits in. Uh, yeah, it was a it was a little bit longer of a breakup. Usually within after after the ice like goes out in the Tanana, um, right? You know, I'll give it a week before I'll put my boat in the water and go do stuff. And uh, it was a little over a week and running up, and we ran into a guy that had him and his wife had stayed at their place through breakup. And <gasps> oh wow, he's like, he's like uh, "Yep, we need a you know, can you give us a ride out? I don't think they're anticipating it taking that long, but wow, um, he's re- he's a really cool guy, and I don't think he I don't think it hurt his feelings too bad to be stuck at the cabin. But, <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was uh, yeah, it, breakups pretty pretty cool on the pretty cool on the rivers it, it can be pretty a little scary sometimes yeah, yeah, if they get sure. if stuff gets jammed up but that's something else like watching that ice come down you know just unstoppable like you yeah. get a feeling how feeling pretty small when you see like the power how how that ice just goes flying through yeah, there but pretty amazing no any time out there i'm sure it'll be be great but yeah that's it's funny because when i leave i tell management and different people and like hey i'm going up to the cabin i'm going to alaska and I'll let you know if I if there's an issue with me getting back, yeah. <laughs> you know, and that's that's kind of the way it goes, you know. Yep, see you when I see you. I'll see deal. you when I see you. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's that's cool. Um, yeah, I yeah, I always try. I'm really bad at well picking picking animals. Uh, yeah, like highlights of stories because there's just so many. Like you know, someone asked me the other day, like, oh, what's your you know favorite thing to hunt? I guess it depends on the time of year. Whatever's in, <laughs> whatever's yeah. in season because that's just, a good answer. There's just so many like such a diverse diverse opportunity of stuff and like doing that coming down and doing this is yeah i did i did a lot of it well me and my dad did a lot of it as a kid you know i wasn't very wasn't very successful i was still a kid but uh like this is a pretty special opportunity for me to come down and hunt elk too and i mean i like you you were wasting no time coming and and got a (laughs) night got a nice bull and uh we've been that's it's like this is like halfway through right now i think yeah 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 We've been seeing lots of elk and, you know, most of the guys have killed elk in camp, but I'm having the time of my life, you know, just, I, I don't feel any pressure. Like all these hunts up, especially up in Alaska that I have a lot invested in, you know, like all the planning for months and oh, lying yeah, and stuff sure. out, you know, and, and, you know, needing to get a moose in the freezer for the kids for the winter and all that stuff, you know, it's a little more stressful, you know, I'm just, you know, what happens will happen and, and I'm having fun with it. Well, I think that's the, that's what makes it, uh so enjoyable it is there is a lot of stress when you plan something for so long and you like you say you're kind of hoping for and depending on getting that meat in the freezer kind of deal whereas a hunt like this 
Uh, if you do get it, it's going to be great. It's bonus meat. I, yeah. I call it bonus meat. Yeah. Um, but the, you don't feel the same stress as, as, as you yeah. do, especially up there. Yeah. And another interesting thing, it may have been when they you know brought your bull in, I realized I hadn't smelled an elk since I was a kid. And it's, oh, it's wow. interesting how smell, like, it's not that it smelled bad, but. Takes you back. Like, I remember standing in this old potato cellar with my dad, you know, hanging, yeah. meat, like that smell, you know, it just, boom, right yeah. back instantly. I hadn't, right there. hadn't smelled it in 25 years. Yeah, that's or, great. Or so, you know, it was it was pretty cool. So, um enjoying enjoying getting to do opportunities like this i mean i fully i could be totally happy staying up there and just there's plenty <laughs> to keep me busy for the rest of my life up there but it is pretty cool to do this and uh yeah just just nuts well i'm glad we got to uh i'm glad we got to do it together maybe yeah. when i come up we'll uh get to do something up there yeah we can yeah do you let me know and we'll we can figure something some there's all something fun to figure out and for uh, sure yeah i know you guys are you're pressed for getting out of here but now it's been it's been great getting to just hang out and and talk and yeah i and, look forward to and have a good time we'll do more yeah absolutely in alaska instead of uh, new mexico in alaska yeah that's where, <laughs> that's where this needs to be yeah but, all right craig well great talking to you and uh yeah thanks i really appreciate it and uh yeah hope you have safe safe travels and good luck the rest of the hunting season you'll have to let me know i will buddy all thank your you deer hunting goes because i'll i'll get jealous i'll so. send you pictures <laughs> sounds good all right Thanks, everyone, for listening. Uh, if you enjoyed Tundra Talk, I appreciate it if you leave a uh, good, hopefully, review on iTunes or whatever platform you listen on. And uh, if you don't like it, that's all right, too. Thank you.